Uncorked, the podcast brought to you by Team Corker, and this is an unfamiliar voice because usually Steph is the one to intro you into these podcasts. But today, as you know, my name is Matt Corker, the other half of the Team Corker team, and today I get to be with one of my favorite people in the world, and it's Anton Brandt, who currently we're both in Bali leading a, another group of students in their 200-hour yoga teacher training. Anton is the creator of the school, the Sacred Fig, that is leading all these creative minds <laughs> and bodies in this work. So welcome to the podcast, Anton. Thanks, Matt. I'm super happy to be here <laughs> with you. Both in Bali and on the pod. Yeah. Now, tell me... How many yoga teacher trainings have you now hosted for the Sacred Fig? I think maybe seven or eight. Wow. Including the advanced ones. And how did this even come to be? Like, did you just wake up one morning and you're like, I'm going to be a teacher? So my path wasn't super linear. When I did, when I took my first teacher training as a student, it was in India and it was a real simple little program. And very, very early on in the training, just after a few days, it was very clear to me that I wanted to facilitate that kind of work. And so then it was just a process of, well, how do I become a good teacher and how do I build a community and how do I build a business? And, and then everything else just needed to happen once I knew what I wanted to do. And what's the significance behind the sacred fig? Behind the name? Yeah. So the sacred fig is the original name of the tree that the Buddha sat underneath when he was seeking enlightenment. And so after he tried all these different techniques, and most of them were very extreme, like he stopped eating for any amount of days and did all these things. And eventually, after he was exhausted, he sat down under the sacred fig tree and he accepted food from people who were passing by and he healed his body. And underneath the sacred fig tree, was when he discovered his breath and discovered his own path to enlightenment. And so his followers afterwards renamed the sacred fig tree the Bodhi tree, which is the tree of enlightenment. It's really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all over they're all over Asia. So like in Bali and in India and Myanmar, you'll see sacred fig trees around and they're usually wrapped because everyone considers them holy trees. Cool. Yeah. And so the sacred fig came to be and what makes a sacred fig training different than, say, a part-time program that you would do in a city or an immersive training that is in the middle of New York, say? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a ton of yoga teacher trainings in the world now, and there's a bunch of different kinds. And there's a couple things that are unique about the sacred fig trainings. One is that we always do an intensive format. So what that means is that while some trainings are in a city and they're over nights and weekends, over like four or five months, our trainings always happen in a destination and they're intensive, which means that we control every aspect of a trainee's environment from the, the type of bed that they sleep in, what time they wake up in the morning, the sunrise meditation, the food. So the whole experience is curated and that's where I found transformation, and so that, that's why I facilitate intensive trainings, is because that's where I've seen the magic happen. Now, one of the things that I really appreciate about being on these trainings is you've curated 
like a faculty of pretty diverse characters. You're one of them, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I'm not like another faculty. And so what are, what's your standard or like, what are you looking for in the people that you bring on these trainings? Because it's not just you, like there's other experiences where people could go and it's a hundred percent a lead teacher. Yeah. And while you're clearly the the lead and, and facilitate the most amount of the work, you also, you know, open up the trainees to people that have different viewpoints than you that use different language than you. So what, values or what is the common thread that is woven in? I love this question. You know, the faculty are very, very diverse, like you said, and they come from all different walks of life. And the one thing that strings everyone together is that they're an expert at what they do. They're probably the best in the world. So for example, for anatomy now, one of the teachers who we bring in, she's written the book, which is a book on biomechanics and is making waves in the broader yoga community. And so a lot of leaders in movement space are now reading her book and changing the ways that they look at the body. And so she's someone who we bring on to teach our trainees about healthy movement patterns. In terms of yoga philosophy, we bring on a Sanskrit scholar who's dedicated his life to the spiritual path. And then, as you know, you come um, (laughs) for personal development and embodies leadership. And so... You know, for me, I know that I'm great at certain things as a teacher, but I also know that I don't know everything. I cut my blind spots and I find teachers who can elevate the experience and who can bring on this incredibly diverse body of knowledge, which is yoga. It's not just the movement. It's not just the anatomy. It's not just the mantra. It's not just the personal development. It's everything. Yeah. So I bring on the best. <laughs> yeah. And it's a true joy to be here and also a member of the faculty. But more so, like, for me, I have loved watching you grow. Yeah. Like, watching you grow (laughs) as a business owner, as watching you grow in your own way of teaching. You were on the first one. The first one. (laughs) What have you learned about yourself in the journey of creating the Sacred Fig to what it is today? You know, every training, I learn a lot about my role as facilitator because I get a group of 20 some people coming in on every training and someone makes, you know, makes something tick inside of me. Someone does something or says something or makes me feel in a certain way, which turns me on and makes me, makes me act. And every training I learn about the diversity of what it is to be a human and all of our different paths on this earth. And I think that I hope that every training, it brings me a little bit more humility and a little bit more compassion to the, the wide variety of, of life. Yeah. <laughs> what are the activities that we do? Now, and this is the interesting thing. Like, you attend all of the sessions I lead on embodied leadership. Yeah. So you've also watched, like, the curriculum kind of morph and change with my own personal practice and understanding of, what it means to transform a life, what it means to transform myself. Yeah. And you have participated in all of those sessions yeah. over time. Yeah. What is one of the messages or what's one of the concepts that has really stuck out for you as like, whoa, that has really shifted my own sense of self or my own embodied leadership practice? It's like a pop quiz. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, the thing for me about the, the work that you lead on our trainings is that just like my yoga practice, what you offer is a practice for me. So 
I've heard your sessions you know, for the past handful of years, and I'm still deep in the work, and it hasn't got any easier. So everything that you're teaching about cleaning up my messes or speaking from I or any work that, that you're offering, I'm still deeply immersed in it. And I actually think that the more that I understand it and the more that I embody it, the more work it takes because I'm because totally it's, it's actually awful it's like sometimes trainees ask me about after your session they're like oh my gosh Matt's session I'm like yeah it's it's real dirty work it's like mucky dirt like getting into that stuff can get real mucky like even just the other day some of the work that I did based off of your session was like digging real deep into the muck of relationships and so if anything that I've learned is that it it's continual practice for me i was actually talking to you know my roommate Stu, who's the course coordinator and also a faculty member on the training and i was like well development in my eyes the prefix d is the same prefix used to decompose or deconstruct mm. or to destroy mm. and really when i'm committed to my own development it means i need to break down what i think i know yeah. And that's scary work. And so and I love that you talk about like getting in the muck. It's like Ugh, more work. It's so mucky. I often think about Shrek in the, you know? <laughs> well, it's like like ogres are like onions. There's many layers, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like humans are like onions. Whenever I feel like I've gotten to like, oh yeah, like I'm I'm there, I've arrived. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh nope, just another layer. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, just another layer down. Oh yeah. And it gets me I experience it to be more of like, oh, I really get to experience being human, like flawed, yeah. messy, making mistakes, saying things that I don't mean, yeah. taking responsibility for those things, wishing and wanting things for myself and other people around me. Like I really get to experience the human condition. Yeah. One of the things that we also talk about in our sessions is what is our life's work or like how can we be of greatest service? To those around us and you know we uncover a little bit about the future like what we wish for in our future and in our second training together we were in goa you know you were able to articulate uh, a vision for your life so this is maybe four years ago now yeah that, not even not even yeah. four years tell us about the 10-year vision that you saw and so matt led a, a, a visioning exercise basically where we created a vision of our future in 10 years and then and then wrote that down. That's the long story shortened. And so the vision that I had for myself was that I basically owned a yoga retreat center on the coast somewhere in Europe. And it felt to me in my vision like that was on the Portuguese coast, which I had never spent any time in. And so after I wrote that down, I ended up after training flying to Portugal by myself and giving myself about a month of unplanned travel time. So I was by myself, I rented a car, and I basically just drove for a month, and I stayed at places, and I met people, and I had great wine, and I went on runs, and I did yoga, and I just did it again and again for a month, just exploring and getting a feel. And that trip and that meditation that I did with you led very quickly to me finding quite a large farm on the coast, a 275-acre farm, which is now opening in just a month as Cocoon Portugal. So it, it's my first foray into having a brick and mortar retreat center of my own. 
which is crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> like, I just yeah. want to, like, for everyone listening, like, this was birthed from a wild and crazy idea. Yeah. You know? We yeah. would call it a chosen future. Yeah. And now, Cocoon is opening in, in a couple months. Yeah. To a fully booked roster. Yeah. Like, the calendar for 2019 is booked. The process of doing that was also thankful. I don't think I ever told you. I set a goal for myself, and I said, before November of 2018, I'm going to sell out the 2019 calendar. And then I, I made a list of things that I would need to do in order to get there, and it happened, which is also crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and we just did this this visioning session last night for the trainees, and one of the things that I said last night was, you know, we're talking 10 years from now, but if it happens earlier, why not? Yeah. And it really feels like that with Cocoon and the advanced trainings that are now being hosted by the Sacred Fig. These were someday maybes or a real 10-year vision. Like, oh yeah, that is far down the line. And yeah. now it's like, actually, it's happening multiple times next year. It's incredible. Yeah. It's also, uh, in the context of what you said about offering this meditation last night with trainees, is that one of the graduates from the Sacred Fig program is now one of my business partners in that retreat center. So it's cool to me to see not only my own potential and my own chosen future, but the possibility of collaborating with people who are doing that same kind of work last night. You know, that's awesome. So cool. Yeah. Now... This is where I may be pushing a boundary, but I'm going to dive in. <laughs> so when I first met you, uh -huh. you were very happily single. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the first training uh -huh. where you have had a, not the first training, this is the first training where your significant other uh -huh. is also present. Yes. And... What is that experience? What has been the experience for you to invite a partner into your life in such a deep and personal way? I, the, the way, that's a great question. The way that I've lived my, most of my life has been by my own rules. I don't follow other people's needs for approval or the way that things are supposed to happen. So, with Cocoon, for example, like when I had the idea for Cocoon, every real estate broker said, it's impossible what you're looking to find. You're not going to find it. And so then I just kept looking and I asked other people. And with the Sacred Fig, I didn't have enough years experience to start a yoga teacher training, said so many people. And I did it. When it comes to relationships, the thing that, I, that was always tugged at me was when I was in New York and I was when I was trying to date was that there was this, there was a lot of fear from people that I met because of my way of living, because I traveled so much, because I was moving around the world real freely. And I sensed a lot of fear from other people when I dated them that I wasn't maybe that available in, in New York City. And then I met Tony and everything changed. And he, he saw the possibility for a life other than just like how it's prescribed that we're supposed to live in one city or, you know, after a certain amount of time, we're supposed to build a certain kind of home together or whatever. And right off the bat, when we started dating, we started traveling the whole world together and the whole world has become our home. 
And so for me, it's the most joyful thing to, to be able to share this world of, of moving so freely around the world and now with this place in Portugal with someone who I love so dearly. It feels like we're uniquely creating our own our own world together that that doesn't have any sort of past example from how other people do it. Mm. It's really fun. <laughs> you know, I call relationships self development in disguise because oh, yeah? really it's <laughs> like I get to experience all of the things that are weird and nuanced and what I probably don't want other people to see. Yeah. And my, you know, my husband knows all of them. Yeah. He knows what I'm like at 9am. He knows what I'm like at 9pm. Yeah. He like, there is no hiding yeah. from the most important man in my life. Yeah. And so what has <laughs> being in a relationship taught you about yourself? I mean, <laughs> it's teaching me everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've spent most of my life single. Like, I've traveled the world alone. I've started my businesses alone, and I'm very good at that. Yeah. And having having Tony in my life, I mean, every single day I'm learning about how to be in a relationship. Especially at the beginning, there were so many new ways of being that I needed to learn. Like what? Like compromise. Like, like <laughs> did not not everything happens. You know, for example, I, I own multiple businesses, so I'm very good at being in charge of things. I get to choose the way things are. I get to choose food and, uh, and a timeline for things, and I get, I get to control environments. That's my role as a, you know, as a facilitator and as a business owner, and that's not what a relationship is. It's the exact opposite of that, and so for me, it's this really fun dance of allowing, and you... Um, you, I think you said it to me where like, I'm not looking to be right. I'm looking for what works. Mm. I think those were your words. Yeah. And I think a lot about that in my relationship when, when something comes up and when, when the two of us bump heads and then I think about like, well, what works, you know, like I don't care about being right. Or Matt told me not to care about <laughs> being right, but what works, you know? And um, so, yeah, again, it comes back to like doing that work. So from this point forward, what are some of the things that you're most excited about as you like look ahead into like the next 10 years? Yeah. How fun. So many things. I'm, I'm really excited about uh, mentoring teachers and people in, in the wellness space on their path. I'm specifically interested in the wellness and travel space. I'm looking to mentor a group of people to fill those leadership roles in that space. Well, it's a joy to be in Bali. It'll be a joy to be in Portugal. Yes. You know, like it'll, there's so much that I could say about the sacred fig training and not only what the training has allowed me to do, but more so like our friendship has allowed me to do. And I think that for me who, you know, 90% of my day is spent working with people in offices and to teach embodied leadership in an office is my life's work <laughs> to like really allow the people who are making big decisions with big amounts of money and big influence on the world, both from a corporate perspective, but also in terms of like people's lives perspective, like employers that hire and, and provide for many different employees underneath them. That's like my life's work. And this feels like total play to be able to do it in a beautiful setting. One of the core 
beliefs of the Corker Co. is that healthy leaders lead healthy businesses. Yes. And so it just feels like a total dream come true. So thanks for being a part of that make magic happening. Thank you for always saying yes. <laughs> Chad, know that when you have babies that you, you still have to come. Yes. You know? Chad. You Sorry, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt's future babies. <laughs> You'll get to see Bali in Portugal at from a very young age. Yeah. Ones. <laughs> yeah. That I promise. Okay, let's wrap it up. Okay. So at the end of each of the podcasts, we ask all of our guests, what's making your heart beat faster these days? So what is making your heart beat faster these days, Anton Brand? Tony, my my partner, clearly <laughs> waking up every morning with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, what's making my heartbeat faster is taking great asana classes. Like it is a joy to be able to be here and learn from so many different teachers to be able to be like, ah, oh, this is like a new way of moving versus the old habitual way that many teachers that I'm exposed to in Vancouver play in. So it's like a total refresh and I absolutely love it. Awesome. You created this space. You created this podcast. Anton Brandt, thanks so much for being here. Oh, yes.